freelance mum, supporting talented mums everywhere. A couple of years ago, I found out or I realised that about 8% of comedians working in the UK on an average Friday night were women. 8%, which means that 92% are men, and it's just depressing. So I had to do something about it. That's Jane Duffer speaking, and she's a woman behind What The Frock Comedy, promoting female comedy nights, and hats off to her. She's certainly doing something to raise the bar for women in comedy. And she's got a brilliant team behind her as well, including Keris Nelms, who celebrated her son's 16th birthday in a rather unusual way. You'll get to hear more about it very shortly. Laura Rawlings from BBC Radio Bristol guest reported on this week's podcast for Freelance Bristol Mum. Hello, I'm Jane Duffus and I'm the founder and executive producer of What The Frock Comedy. What The Frock, it's a sort of brand slash event slash series of things that just promotes brilliant, talented female comedians simply because a couple of years ago I found out or I realised that about 8% of comedians working in the UK on an average Friday night were women. 8%, which means that 92% are men and it's just depressing. So I had to do something about it. How do you stumble across that sort of statistic? Because that's not the kind of thing that most people will accidentally trip over. I did the research myself to find it out. So basically, I started because I was having an online argument with some man. You just never have online arguments with strange men. He was saying something about the gender apartheid on the comedy circuit because he basically he hates all female comedy nights he is a very frustrated unsuccessful male comedian and for some reason he's got a bee in his bonnet about all female comedy nights and for some reason that I should have known better I started having a bit of an online argument with him and to prove some stats I thought oh, I'll just go away and do a bit of research so I picked the first 10 UK cities that came to mind they were really big ones like London Birmingham Manchester Glasgow places like that really big places and then I went to Google and I just put in like I don't know Birmingham Comedy Club and I picked a date which was the first Friday night that was happened to be following so I picked whatever clubs in those cities had a had a comedy night on on that night and I just wrote down who they had and then totted up how many of those people were men and how many were women and out of something like 46 comedians in total only I think six were women or eight were women or something anyway it worked out as 8% once you once you no, no, went to percentage calculator app and it told you. So do you have previous form in this kind of way of looking something up and just thinking, hang on a moment, that can't be quite right? Um, well, no, it actually all came, what the frog came about because um, I've been a journalist and an arts critic for a long, 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 long time. And then I suddenly realised in a conversation with someone that I'd never reviewed a female comedian. I'd reviewed lots and lots of comedy and it never dawned on me that I'd never reviewed a woman comedian. And it was like, oh, that's a bit strange. And then I started just, you know when you suddenly realise something and you start seeing it everywhere? So I started picking up flyers or seeing ads in magazines and newspapers for comedy clubs and I was just looking to see if they're on and it was like oh, man, 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 man and it's like God this is boring really boring and so I just thought I should do something about this myself but is it really what difference does it make who's funny on stage it shouldn't make any difference and there are plenty of bad women comedians and there are plenty of bad men comedians you know as is true of any profession but it's just like why are women being exercised or exercised exercised but are they are they they kind of in any way being excluded what is the reason do you think having put on lots of different comedy nights only last week a comedian called Jen Collier have you heard about this you're Mm -hmm. nodding Mm -hmm. she forwarded uh she was sent an email by a well-known comedy booker in this country who was cancelling a booking with her because they had too many women on the bill and unfortunately she was the one that had to go. 
and she just took a screen grab of this and she tweeted it and it just went viral and it had something like 6,000 retweets or something and there's been lots of articles about this in all the papers Huffington Post all the everywhere has been talking about this but this isn't news you know I've had every single comedian pretty much that I've ever worked with has told me stories of how they've been rung up and cancelled or they've had emails and tweets but it just hasn't gone viral in the way that that one did she must have tweeted it at the right time and it, it caught sometimes mm. these things do but it's got people talking and it's it's just a thing people don't put women because and the reason is that people don't put women because audiences don't want to see women it's not that you have to change the perception of bookers because apart from anything most of the main bookers in this country are women so you know naturally you <laughs> might think that they would be on side although that doesn't necessarily follow but mm-hmm. the reason that they don't put women is because they say the audiences don't like it and is when, that true I don't know if it's true because I only book women. But um, but I know that there are clubs that mostly book men and it means that they mostly attract men in the audience because why would a woman want... And a lot of the people who come in my audience and they say to me, oh, I really love comedy, but I'm sick of going to you know the usual comedy clubs because it's just man after man telling boring man jokes and I'm surrounded by groups of men and I feel uncomfortable, which is perfectly understandable, I think. So we don't do that. We're nice. So there is a little bit of a difference in terms of what men stand on stage and joke about and what women stand on stage and joke about. I've certainly noticed it. And yeah, there is. It's more, you hear, as a woman, you hear more of your own experience echoed on stage. Absolutely. People talk about what they know. And I guess women know more about having kids and um, dealing with the school run and going out with boys and stuff. I guess <laughs> women know more about that. What I found interesting, last summer I was up at the Edinburgh Festival and mostly I saw women comedians because I was doing some research, which is where I found Jess Foster Q, who is headlining for us this evening at the Edinburgh Festival. And I had, on my last day, I couldn't get into the show that I wanted to get into. And I had, like, about two hours to spare. And I thought, well, I shall go to the first thing that I'm given a flyer for that's free. And that happened to be uh, a lineup of all male comedians um, in a nice bar by the pub. And I thought, oh, I should go and see some men comedians. I've just seen women for the last week. And I went. And there were about five comedians on. And they were all, you know, fine. There was one guy who was quite good. But the rest of them, it was all just, it was piss jokes. It was penis jokes. It was how to cheat on your wife jokes. And it was it was just like, God, this is boring, really boring. And I'm not their target audience, which kind of suggests who's their target audience is men. And yeah. who's catering for you as well. Yeah. Okay, so you discover your 8% fact. Yep. How I've discovered lots of other facts. And, and many because, others. Because people like statistics. They do. But how the heck do you then go... There's quite a big difference between just learning that there's a bit of injustice in the world, which we probably all see on a fairly frequent basis, and then actually going, right, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to start my very own night. Um, it started... This was in January 2012, and then we launched officially in May 2012. So on May the 16th, come to our second birthday party, Laura. Come yes. to, which is here at the Mauritania. Come, come, come. And Keris, Jade will be back as well. Jade Adams, who is our, our much-loved regular compere, but she's off, off touring in Spain at the moment because she's so important. I cannot imagine her act in Spain. <laughs> no, she's doing Shakespeare. She's doing okay. all singing cabaret Shakespeare okay. to uh, Spanish children for six months. I can't. I wish I could see it. Anyway, she's on cruise ships and everything. I should just say that the last time I saw her, or the time when I saw her, she came on in a nude-coloured bodysuit made by her mum. But she's also, if you make friends with her on Facebook, she's been posting this amazing photo of her in that bodysuit from ages ago. And then there was a recent photo of Beyonce, beautiful Beyonce, in a similar kind of dress, but wasn't a nude bodysuit. But it was like a sort of like flesh-coloured sequin dress. But she was in a similar kind of pose. Brilliant. And Jade's managed to make. 
this picture with the two of them next to each other and she's claiming that Beyonce's ripped her off. She's not happy. So Beyonce's got someone to answer to there. Okay, so minor diversion. Anyway, yeah. So started two years ago. Started two years ago and it was just meant to be a one-off night because I had a full-time day job. I had lots of other things going on. I didn't have time. I still don't really have time to do anything else. But I seem to be. We're on about, I've lost count a little bit, but it's about 30 by now in about the last two years. And um, it's just spiralled. And you now run your own awards evenings as well, Yes, we've got got annual awards. Yes, so we do the What the Frock Newcomer Award, which we launched last year. We had all the places were filled within 24 hours, and we had about 50 people on the waiting list. This year, all the places, we had more places. They were filled in 10 hours. We had applications for people in America, from all over the place. It's one of only two all-female comedy awards in the whole country. We don't have glitzy, fancy prizes. You know, we're not backed by fancy, impressive people. But people who've been and done it before have just said that they like it's a fair competition, it's and it's supportive. And there's no and they've said that when you do awards, when you do competitions and there are men in it as well, the atmosphere backstage is so different and competitive and slightly unpleasant sometimes. And they didn't get that from What the Frock because What the Frock is nice and supportive. So yeah. is it, are you going to be doing this for another two years? <laughs> I really don't know. We've booked in all the shows are booked in until the end of this year, and then I've got plans for next year. But I haven't actioned them yet because who what knows? do you want to see happen? Um, I would ultimately like to just be running a really good comedy night that has men on the bill and has women on the bill. Mm. I don't want to run an all-female comedy night. I don't think it's actually that helpful in the big scheme of things for what we're trying to prove because we're just segregating people. I don't really want to do that. I just want to book a good comedy night with good acts on of an even spread of genders. <laughs> but at the moment... I'm going to carry on doing it because there is that huge, huge divide. There is that even sense. Okay, well, look, completely <laughs> here in the background, the lots of people are arriving. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a word with one of the people who's comparing for you Keris. tonight. Keris. Yeah. She's up on stage holding it all together, introducing all the different acts. She's also, so not only is she a stand-up comedian, but she's also a mum as well, isn't she? She is. She's got, I think he's 15 now, Callum, or the teenager, as he's better known, as you will find out in this evening's set. So he's slightly infamous on his own right. And he has met every single comedian under the sun through his mum, that nobody knows what his face looks like. No well, one has seen his face. Or have you? That's not strictly true, because although I'm not a friend of Keris on Facebook, you I don't be. really use Facebook, if I was, I would have been privy to seeing his face oh. emerging 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. I have seen that photograph that came up, because I am friends with Keris on Facebook, and I was I was just there scrolling through my, my feed, thinking, oh, what are people up to today? And it's like, oh, my God. And then I saw that, and then I thought, perhaps this is just a picture she's just got off Google or something. But then I was thinking, no, this is Keris. This is actually Keris is mid giving birth with her socks on (laughs) (laughs) so now I've seen everything I need to know about Keris (laughs) so there we go that's not all you need to know though because we'll go and track her down next I promised I would come and track you down because you're the person who is hosting the hostess with the hostess tonight at the comedy night. Um, so can you just introduce yourself for us? Uh, well, my name's Karis Nels. Uh, I'm, for, I'm a local girl, so I lived in the West Country all my life. And uh, this is right on my doorstep, so nothing better. Go on, say Bristol. <laughs> Bristol, Bristol, Bristol. I live just down the road from Bristol. Okay, good. Um, so how long have you been a comedian? Uh, just over three years now. All going really well. I started off by doing 
doing a two-hour workshop in London and then got my first gig <laughs> off the back of it. So now you make that sound quite easy. <laughs> yeah, so I, well, up until that point, I'd never wrote any comedy material at all. Um, so I wrote my, they gave us a basis of what to, how to sort of construct something funny. And I wrote my first five minutes of material in those two hours. And that was the kind of start of it. So I think you have to have something funny inside you to be able to do it. So are you the funny friend in the group of you and your mates? Are you the one who is likely to come out with something that's a bit chuckle-worthy? Yes, absolutely. I'm always, I've always been the funny-looking one, and I thought I could be the uh, funny comedian, like, hilarity one as well. So, no, I've always been the sort of storyteller and regale my friends with funny funny things that have happened to me. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of like an obvious progression. So, are you the person that funny random things happen to as well? Or, or all like that? the time. <laughs> yeah, I, my, my comedy is based on my life. So, everything I talk about has either happened to me or I've done. So, um, nobody can copy my stuff because it's my stuff and it's personal to me. Is there anything that's off limits? Anything you wouldn't joke about in your own life? No, nothing. I literally talk about everything and anything. Everything and anything. Ask my teenage son. He, he gets a lot of, uh, gets a big battering out of it. Yeah, he does. So how old is he now? 15? He's 60, yeah, 16 a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. Ah, okay. Sweet 16. 16 and never been kissed. Not a chance so of being kissed. No, no, definitely not a chance <laughs> of being kissed for a long a while yet. Yeah, I can assure you. But you can't keep him locked in the bedroom upstairs Yes, forever. I can. He's my little, but I still, I, when I talk to people, I still say, oh, I've got, I've got a little boy. And they go, oh, how old is he? I'm like, oh, 16. They're like, that's not little I'm like you know he's still my baby he's still my baby have you let him come along to any of your nights uh, he's come yeah when I did Sarah Medicum's preview for <laughs> her Edinburgh preview um, in July last year he came along to that and so he was sat at the back listening to me um, take the mickey out of him whilst Sarah Millican was sat with him saying I can't believe you're letting your mum talk, talk about you like this is he going to get his own back at some stage is he going to like spread on, his right wings and oh yeah he does on Facebook like I was ill recently and I was asleep on the sofa and he took a very uh, flattering oh, it was absolutely the most flattering photo ever and posted it on Facebook without me knowing so yeah no he's, he's very he's very good at what he does yeah but you know what you've got form when it comes to Facebook haven't you because I, I didn't realise he was 16 I thought it was 15 but I know that when he was born but a little birdie did tell me that you posted a particular video on there of the day that he arrived in the world oh, well, that, that was for his 16th birthday two weeks ago um, uh, I was actually my mum was visiting and she could see me walking around the house in the morning while he was still asleep and I was laughing to myself and she said what, what are you doing and I was like I just thought of something really funny to do so by the time he woke up uh, I posted the picture of his head being born um, all those many years ago and it was an instant hit on Facebook I think it was probably my most likes and uh, shares on a photo and it's still on there so it's not even been taken down or reported for obscene materials so I did, I did tweet it as well so it's like I'm somewhere in the world wide web but uh, like I said people have come up to me since and said how funny it was and that they said I, I peaked too early maybe and doing it for his 16th birthday but anybody that knows me knows I'm probably going to trump that and um, for his 18th birthday there may be so. more pictures absolutely absolutely on a serious note I mean we're all used to seeing one born every minute okay so why did you put it on there was it all about comedy or actually is it about saying do you know what this happens and we shouldn't be shy about it uh, the main reason is comedy but when people have sort of been in a bit, a bit of shock about it I don't look at it 
as that's oh ladies bits that shouldn't be seen I'm giving birth to my son the reason I had photos taken was because I was never going to see that myself I can't unless they give you a mirror which is still taking it away because you've obviously got other things to deal with on, on, the, on the time that it's happening so my mum was there she took photos of him coming out so I've always had those and those photos you know you get baby books <laughs> so it like graphs the like, yeah, life of them in their first year they're on page two of my baby book so if anybody looks at Callum's baby book at home that, the two photos of him being born are on the second page so I've shot people like that as well but like I said it's a natural thing it's something that most women go through and I don't think people should be embarrassed by it and that's his reaction I loved it I showed him straight away and he was in a bit of shock but for him as well he wouldn't if he didn't have those photos he wouldn't have seen himself being born I, I never, I'll never know how I was when I came out because it's an interesting thing because he came out with and the cord was wrapped around his head and his head's a bunny shape and things like that and that's the kind of thing that he would never know and I would probably forget 16 years on oh no, you know, what, was, what was going on then and you know here you are here is the proof of your actual mind and not swapped at birth. I do have a boy. I reckon I have got a daughter somewhere. She was swapped at birth. I've got, I'm a, I'm a mum to a 20 stone girl called Absinthe that lives in Western Supermare that's got seven kids. And I've never met her. Well, when you get the call from Jeremy Kyle, exactly. you'll I'll be, like, be ready. I'm here, I'm here Jezza. I, I've known she's been out there. Um, I hold my hands up to that one. <laughs> yeah, she's mine. I don't know who this, book, this boy Callum belongs to, but he's obviously got posh parents somewhere. In some upmarket place, probably Clifton or something. And uh, they're on. wondering where their Callum is. It sounds like you two close though we are yeah I, I've been on my own with him since um, what, since he was like two or three and I've not really had we've never lived with anybody since then I've been in relationships obviously but I've never lived with anybody since then so it has always been me and him and if you see us together it's it's quite endearing and I love him to bits he's, he is my life I've, I've got nothing else in my life apart from obviously everything else we've got a brilliant relationship uh, yeah he gets angry with me sometimes but he's going through that stage and I'm proud of some of the stuff that he's only some of the stuff not all of the stuff uh, he's not very intelligent um, but he's very good at art and I'm really proud of stuff that he's doing th- things like that he's just got into college and um, yeah, I couldn't wish for better son, really. And just before we let you go, what about just taking the risk as a single parent to do something that is artistic, creative, precarious, not brilliantly paid? Um, yeah, I understand that. I, I, uh, I have got a safety blanket. I still work locally. I work in IKEA, so that's nice. Um, I haven't got the security yet to go full time as a comic um, because, I, like, like I said, I wouldn't put my my life and my my son comes first. So as long as I can support him. I think it's getting to the point where I can let go of my part-time job and go full-time. Um, and because of the age years as well, it, it, it's going to work out quite nicely with the time. Really, so. so just very briefly, before we let you go on stage, your message to other people who might have a dream of doing something, who are kind of umming and ahhing about whether they can do it. Um, don't bother, because obviously I'm your best um, and you won't come close. No, give it a go. Honestly, I, I was speaking to people last night at a gig I did, and um, there was a couple of women there that said they tried it and then have given up 
keep doing it go to open mic nights write little bits at home write things take a notepad with you everything you see out and about write stuff down all the time um, there's a lot of not very good comedians out there and it can be something I wasn't very good when I started and it's something I practice still to this day every day and doing new stuff all the time so practice makes perfect Keris Nelms there speaking to Laura Rawlings who is guest reporting for freelance Bristol mum and my goodness me it's to be admired what she went on to do publishing those photographs of her son being born I really do have every admiration for her huge thanks to Laura for guest reporting for me and we're going to be hearing more from her over the next few weeks and if you'd like to get in contact please do you can drop me a line or just leave a comment on freelance Bristol mum to share your story send an email to hello at freelancemum.co.uk